Greetings, everyone. This is Julio again, your host for my God in You podcast, YouTube channel. And this specific episode is another installment for my all-new Teach to Teacher meditation course, which is specifically designed to teach and train a person how to not just discern the voice of God, but more importantly, how to actually sit in a focused position to actually learn from God for every area of your life. So here I am again, hanging out with you in my closet. It's an environment like this. In this location and other closets of other places that I've lived, which have been the most educational environment for me. And now I understand why Jesus instructed to go into your closet. And of course, he wasn't talking about just a literal closet, but he was referring to a place that is absent of distractions. And the main closet that he was referring to, of course, is that room or that closet within your mind that is known throughout Scripture by numerous things, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, etc. So in this episode, I'm going to actually end module two. This will be lesson three of module two. This will be the last lesson in this module. And then we're going to jump into module three in the next episode. But we're going to focus on the instruction specifically in the uh, prayer template that Jesus taught, the Our Father or the Lord's Prayer, as most people are familiar with in terms of how it's called. And we're going to focus specifically on the portion where he says, Your kingdom come, your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. So we're going to begin this episode by just going through a brief summary of what we've learned so far concerning the Our Father template. And then I'm going to be sharing with you a key of knowledge teaching related to the experience, specifically focusing on that last portion where Jesus said, Give us this day our daily bread. And then we're going to re revisit the two Hebrew words for meditate and meditation, which are Haggah and Siach. And the subjects of thought that God provides that you should be meditating on once you learn to discern and learn from God. So you'll see that in this episode as well. And as always, I'm always going to uh, leave you with some suggestions to help you optimize your experience. So I've got a lot of content to share with you as usual. So let's get to work. So to begin... Let's begin by summarizing what we've learned so far from the Our Father template. As always, you're going to hear me repeat this over and over again throughout uh, this entire episode and also in everything almost that I create concerning, you know, experiencing God within our minds as a teaching spirit. And this is the phrase that uh, I've coined that has been one of the most eye-opening revelations of my life, and that is this, that the original purpose that God created the human mind is to experience his mind within it as a teaching spirit for all areas of an individual or a person's life. So with that being said, because of that, a consistent prayer life's ultimate purpose and result should be to have he awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as to learn educational experiences with God within our minds, just like Jesus experienced it as a human being. Now, because of this, you know, we're, as we're looking at some of the things that Jesus taught concerning how he experienced prayer, 
we have to examine what he taught about prayer and look at it as just not a prayer that one prays, but as a template as to what he experienced himself through it. In other words, as I mentioned before, Jesus would have never have taught something that he himself wasn't experiencing, especially as it relates to prayer. And so because of that, and this is the danger of just reading the Bible like a storybook without understanding key words found within certain portions of the scripture. You will never unlock what the original meaning or what was being originally taught. So when Jesus was teaching the Our Father prayer, what he was teaching was how he went within himself in order to experience a life education from God for every area of his life. And how we know this is because of how he taught it. For example, when Jesus began the, the, the lesson by our Father, this is probably the most important part of that whole template because what Jesus was teaching was that our origin as a breathing spirit, in other words, our humanness, and whom you are supposed to learn from concerning your life purposes and how to fulfill them is the same place as Jesus's origin and where he was educated concerning his life purposes. And of course, that was within his mind. In other words, what Jesus was teaching just by these two words was that the same place where I began as a spirit and got my breath and life education to animate my life, to become a father impersonator is where you can get yours so that you too can impersonate the Father according to His will for your life. And then we went into the portion where we talked about where is He located? In heaven. And then we went through all the little nuances about primarily the three places that heaven is described and experienced with the most important one being the heavenly environment within our mind, which is where God is or the Father or the Spirit of the Lord or Christ or, you know, whatever you want to call him is he's already inherently present within our mind. So heaven is an environment within the human mind that is the same environment that Jesus referred to as the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God that eventually, once you teach and train your mind to experience it through thoughts, you'll find that all you will do is have continuous conversations with God that, again, all happens within your mind. We're going to be talking about some of these conversations in terms of uh, what you should be experiencing a little bit in this episode and more so in the next episode. And then how does it happen? Well, then we went into the hallowed be your name portion of Jesus's teaching where well, we discovered that the word hallowed there meant to prepare or set something or someone apart for a special purpose and to prepare the mind to experience worship. Well, the something in this definition, of course, is your mind. The someone is you. And the special purpose is to experience the name as a teaching spirit. And once you've taught your mind to experience this, what you have done is that you've taught your body to be positioned as God's educational temple. Your soul will now function as the classroom of God and your spirit will function as God's student. 
This, as I mentioned to you in that episode, is experiencing or worshiping the Father in spirit and in truth. And it's also experiencing the good ground or what the ancients referred to as the father ground of the parable of the four soils. And then we went into your name and what specifically, what, how your name was defined. And what we discovered is actually defined as the breath of God. So in other words, experiencing, what does breath do? Uh, experiencing breath gives you life. So in other words, when you're experiencing the name of God, you're experiencing God in what I refer to as a triune function by experiencing him as a fathering, redeeming and in teaching spirit where the primary topic of revelation and instruction is works and we'll see some of that here in this episode so it's important to remember that god doesn't have a name in other words my name is julio alvarado jr god doesn't have what we refer to as a proper name what God does have is numerous ways he's described within scripture as to how he functions. So when you're experiencing the name, what you're experiencing God is again as a fathering, guiding and a teaching spirit. So we went through all of that through the prior episodes. And now we come to the portion of teaching where Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 verses 10 through 11, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Now to begin, your kingdom come. We simply have to view that as when we um, actually what I refer to or what I can uh, describe as stepping in. In other words, priming your soul, your mind to experience the kingdom within your mind as the greatest learning environment that you will ever experience. And it is there that we discover what the will of God is for every aspect of our lives in detail. And how it is experienced is through give us this day our daily bread. So let's break this all down. Now the term daily bread in this portion of the prayer lesson that Jesus taught is very rich in meaning. It is obvious that he wasn't talking about a daily provision of natural bread. It was a figure of speech that Jesus's audience would have been familiar with, which was an expression of God's provision of manna that came from heaven to feed the Israelites when they were in the wilderness. And as always, I'll give you this. I have the, on the screen here uh, the scriptural references if you want to read that the story concerning that. Now, in order to understand this whole thing about daily bread and why Jesus said, give us this day, this daily bread, we have to look at other portions of scripture where Jesus taught about bread. And I want to specifically focus on John chapter 6, verses 48 through 51. And in there, he taught us this. He said, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which came down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. And he's talking about the bread of himself. He said, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. And we're going to go into a little bit more detail concerning the latter part of what I just read in the next slide. Now, it's vitally important to understand 
that when Jesus said, I am the bread of life, he was speaking as God when he said the above. And it is that bread that is the living bread. And of course, I give you the references concerning what Jesus taught. In, in other words, he was the mouthpiece of God concerning what he taught. And the verses of scripture that I have here on this line, if you go and read them, you'll see him saying this over and over again. In other words, these weren't his ideals. These weren't his words. In other words, he was only repeating what he was hearing. So when Jesus said, I am the bread of life, it's the same thing as experiencing the breath of life. Another, again, another just way that the Bible describes experiencing God as a teaching spirit. Now, to give you a little bit of depth concerning the portion where he says that, where he uses the word die, that one may eat of it and not die. Now, how do you eat God? You know what I'm saying? It doesn't make sense, right? Of course, we know all we do is have natural breath. Eventually, you know, we'll die, you know what I'm saying, a, a natural death. And, and so he wasn't talking about a natural death. And the reason why we know this is because of the definition of the word die. Now, for those of you who have seen my four uh, series video on the Garden of Eden, you know where I'm going with this. That word die there, remember in Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, when they ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, it says, in that day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Well, that expression, surely die, is the Greek, excuse me, the Hebrew word muth, and it actually is described as experiencing confusion chaos or ignorance for a length of time only remember it's a day thing not an eternal thing in order to get more understanding of what i just said it's important that if you want to actually uh, look at what this whole garden of eating story really is about in terms of how it's actually a metaphor it's actually an, an, a, a lot of it's filled with analogies concerning what happens within the mind i would encourage you to check out my four video series concerning the garden of eden so, and, it's, and the reason why I bring that up, because he says, once you eat of it, you will not die. In other words, you won't experience chaos or confusion. And the reason why is because he's teaching you how to not experience this chaos and or confusion. Now, let's define the word bread. Now, the word bread there is the Hebraic word dagon. And interestingly, the ancient Hebrew lexicon defines and illustrates dagon as what causes the back and forth movement of the foot, which describes what you're doing when you're walking. So, in other words, when you're hearing and learning from God, when you're experiencing Him as a revealing and a teaching spirit, He's teaching you how to walk. In other words, how to do life. So when we look at these verses in Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 4, and in Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 25, verses that read like this, Now there is no, therefore no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit, that the righteousness of law may be fulfilled in us who again walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Again, another description of one who walks in the spirit is getting taught by the spirit. And then we see the same thing being repeated again in Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 25. 
This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Again, just describing that if a person who's truly walking in the Spirit has to be taught by Spirit. This is, again, worshiping the Father in Spirit and in truth. As I mentioned to you before, it's impossible to worship God or to walk in the Spirit if the Spirit of God isn't teaching you truth. And remember what truth is. It's the language of God which is bread. So when you're experiencing the breath of life or the bread of life, as we just read, you're experiencing truth, the language of God for every area of your life. Now let's look at this expression that he used, shall live, in John chapter 6. Now simply define, it simply, from this Greek perspective, it means to have life provided to you. But when you translate that word from this Greek to Hebrew, it actually is defined as having the vigor or the power of life. The word vigor there is described as the power within the mind to reproduce and create the works of God. We're going to be talking about works quite a bit in the next couple of episodes, and this is huge. And when I'm talking about works, and I'm going to repeat this probably at least one more time, I'm not talking about works to, to make heaven. I'm not doing it. I'm talking about instructions, things that God reveals to you to work out your life, for a lack of a better expression. So when Jesus said that he who eats of this bread shall live, what he was referring to is one, again, who experiences God within the mind, with their own mind, in order to reproduce or to create the works of God or the will of God for their lives. And then the word forever. Traditionally, it means a period of time without end, right? But in this particular case, it, it's not described as that. It's not talking about eternity, but instead it's referring to an endless experience. And how we know that is when we translate that word from its Greek to Hebrew, and when we discover that that word is defined as an appointment or a meeting with a witness that is repeated over and over again. Remember, give us this day our daily bread. And when is the, did Jesus experience his appointment with this? Morning by morning. And who was the witness that was giving him testimonies concerning what he was supposed to do and not do and what has already been seen for his life? Because that's what a, a witness is. A witness is something that has already seen something. Well, again, he was experiencing this morning by morning. And how? By having his ear awakened to hear as a learner. Of course, he wasn't talking about his natural ears. In other words, he was talking about the perception that we have or the ability to hear the voice of God within our minds. Now let's go a, bit, a little bit further into this bread experience in terms of what Jesus taught in John chapter 6, verses 48 through 51. In this passage, Jesus described this bread as his flesh, right? In the latter part of this verse, the word flesh that Jesus used here in the Hebrew is the word basar. And traditionally, in some of the more newer resources, you'll see that the word flesh there is simply defined as the skin, muscle, or the whole of a person. In other words, your body. But when you get deeper and you go into the ancient Hebrew lexicon of the Bible, the word basar there is described who is as someone who brings good news. In other words, gospel, which is the definition for the word gospel. So when Jesus made statements about the need to eat his flesh, 
his statement was not a cannibalistic announcement that one must eat his natural flesh. He was actually literally saying, eat my gospel. In other words, consume what I'm teaching and this will become good news for you so that you can experience gospel within you, which is when, again, you're hearing the good news of whatever it is that God wants to teach you. So when Jesus taught his disciples to pray in Matthew chapter 6 and in Luke chapter 11, the statement, give us this day our daily bread, was a specific reference to receiving a daily diet of words from heaven's environment within your mind. These words therefore become the gospel or the good news specifically for your life, which is what you are encouraged and instructed to flesh out through your life for your and the benefit of others. Understanding this makes more sense of John chapter 1 verse 14. Remember, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and all this other stuff in John chapter 1, verse 1. But then in verse 14, and it says, And the Word became flesh and tabernacled among us. So in other words, that Word became gospel. He was teaching stuff, and He resided among us, teaching us the benefits of such an experience. Therefore, to receive this daily bread is to consume the gospel, or spiritual bread, which remember, it's the word of truth that causes us to experience inner growth so that we may learn how to walk in the will and in the spirit of God to flesh out all and fulfill all of his purposes for our life. We need to discover and develop a spiritual appetite where the only thing that satisfies us is the bread that comes out of the mouth of God. And what is beautiful about the scriptures in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, it teaches us this. Notice what it says. And this is again, quoting Jesus. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Remember, talking about natural bread. But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's the spiritual bread. And what is the word, word there in that verse? It's the rhema. In other words, it's the utterance. It's actually hearing the spoken word. And this is how we're supposed to live our lives. By virtue of experiencing, again, this daily bread experience. Now, when you experience this spiritual bread directly from God, what is the primary topic of discussion with this witness at these meetings? And that is part of the gospel for your life. Well, what we're going to discover is that the primary topic of discussion is revelation of works and instructions concerning how to fulfill them. And again, I'm not talking about works that people are talking about in order to make heaven. I'm talking about simple instructions, things that God gives you in order for you to fulfill the will of God for your life. This will make more sense as we go along in this episode. Now with all of that being said, I want to revisit a slide that I shared with you in the last episode to simply read a couple of lines from here to give you, to kind of set you up about uh, these, these two Hebrew words, siach and hagav, to understand them a little bit better in terms of biblically how they're experienced. Meditation is the most important and critical practice related to prayer. 
yet it's the least understood and practiced discipline. Now remember, I told you that my favorite definition of meditation is simply to become more familiar or conscious with my thoughts. And this is part of that whole discerning process that I explained in prior episodes. But from the Hebrew perspective, I shared with you what those definitions were and how we use them to learn how to hear the voice of God initially. Now remember, I, I had mentioned to you before that thoughts must be studied or examined in order to discern their origin. In the beginning stages of learning how to meditate, this is huge and this is why I have a lot of content related to how to study your thoughts so that you can figure out whether or not it's you, God, evil or whatever other voice that you may have or thought process going on in your head. So this is why it's important that we understand what these words mean because truth be told, the in-depth meaning of Haggah and Siak are spiritual treasures that had been lost over time due to a failure to teach them according to their original purposes and applications. Where the experience of meditation within the Bible are not known, the meaning of the words used to describe them is also forgotten. The original purpose of these key words is to describe focused mental activities that prepare someone's mind and heart to receive spiritual life from God through thoughts and images. In other words, hearing His voice and getting vision for your life. The original purpose of biblical meditation, as you've heard me mention over and over and over again, is to experience God as a teaching spirit for all areas of your life. Now, in the prior episode, I explained how Haggah and Siach are actually defined how they're used in the initial stages of learning how to meditate. Specifically, Haggah, the definition to ponder, which means to evaluate and study. To ponder describes teaching your mind or your spirit to discern the voice or the thoughts of God through thought evaluation study to determine its origin. And we went through all of that, of course, in prior episodes. And then Siach. The word siach there is defined as the sweeping away in thought. This description describes teaching your mind or spirit to sweep away competing thoughts when learning how to focus on one thought process at a time. So to repeat how this applies from that prior lesson, in the initial stages of learning how to meditate, in the beginning, you know, it's, it's hard to calm the mind in order to focus on one thought process at a time. So what do we do? Like a broom, you sweep away other thought processes that compete with you trying to hear the voice of God for your own life. And of course, we went through all of that in prior in the prior episode and also in other things that I already have on my YouTube channel. You can also see some more content related to that. And I'll share with you what those resources are specifically at the end of this episode. Now, in this episode, we're going to explore Haggah and Siak from what is ultimately learned through them and how this becomes the theme of what you should be meditating and or praying about. Now, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 gives us what this theme is. And this is that famous verse that you've heard me teach on before. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works. There goes your theme there. Which God prepared beforehand that we should do what? Walk in them. There goes this phrase, walk again. So the primary theme of discussion that happens through these daily bread experiences are actually this thing called works. 
from the New Testament Greek perspective, the word works is the Greek word ergon. It is described as an activity that is revealed within the mind and what someone is supposed to be busy or occupied with. And you'll see that from Thayer's Greek definitions there. So in other words, let me repeat that. So works again is an activity of something that is revealed within the mind and once it's revealed, this now becomes what your mind or what your being is supposed to be busy or occupied with. We get a little bit more light concerning this when we, when we translate that word ergon into its Hebrew word, which is the word melakak. For those of you who are kingdom followers or kingdom teachers or kingdom believers, this would become very familiar to you. From the ancient Hebrew perspective, malaka is defined as his work, business, and ministry. And it's also described as what one is delegated or assigned to do. And it's also described as what causes someone to walk for another. So and when you look at these definitions, the reference to his and walk for another are undoubtedly referring to God and his business and ministry while what one is delegated or assigned to do is undoubtedly referring to the works that have already been assigned for your life to fulfill his business and ministry through your life. This once is experience is what makes you that father impersonator, or in other words, a co-creator with God. Notice in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says that these works were prepared before. Beforehand. Of course, God all-knowing, uh, this is just that about His purposes for your life. This is also includes Him uh, bringing order to any disorder in your life. And we're going to, again, talk about this a little bit more in subsequent episodes in terms of how that works. Now, to gain a further understanding of how we apply Haggah and Siak in terms of what we should be meditating or working on, we have to look at two key verses which mentions both meditative processes. And they're found, first of all, in Psalms chapter 77, verse 12, which reads like this, I will meditate on all of your works and in your plans or actions, depending on your translation, I will meditate. Now, that first mention of the word meditate in this verse is the Haggah portion. And then the last part, the plans and actions, is the siyat portion. We see this repeated again in Psalms chapter 143, verse 15, where it reads, I meditate, Hagah, in all your works and in the deeds of your hands, I meditate. That's that siyat. So the primary thing that truth be told that we must teach our minds to meditate on are the works of God and also what are the plans or actions or deeds in terms of how to fulfill them. And we see this being written about in Psalms 139 verse 14. This is that famous verse, that one of the verses that I love in Psalms 139 and it reads like this, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. Well, it's impossible to know what the works of God are, you know, concerning your life, unless you hear about what they are within your soul. 
Remember what your soul is. It's the classroom of God. And what is constantly being revealed within it? Revelation and instruction concerning the works again. And we see the importance of this in Revelation chapter 20, verse 12. And this verse reads, And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. Notice what it says here. And books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what? Their works by the things that were written in the books. Now, this is huge. There's a lot of meat here. And I've shared some knowledge with this uh, concerning this in my, in my book, The Mystery of the Kingdom of God, revealed in prior episodes. But truth be told, it's impossible to know what the specific and detailed works of God are for your life unless you're hearing them directly from the mind of God within your mind. Once you experience what these works are, this is experiencing the greater works that Jesus taught about in John chapter 14, verse 12. Now, let's look at these two words, Haggah and Siach, again. Now, after you've taught your mind or your spirit to experience God as a revealing and a teaching spirit through these daily bread experience concerning His works or assignments for your life, that are coupled with his instructions, in other words, his plans, actions, or deeds, remember that's siyak, as to how to fulfill them, these action steps now become the themes of meditation, in other words, which you should be continually contemplating on, that your mind is cleared away or swept away to focus on. And I said a whole lot there, but my point is that here you see Hagah and siyak being put into play. Let me give you an example from my life. And you've heard me talk about this before. And that is when God encouraged me to learn to meditate, to improve my inner ability to hear his voice. It was through works. And then he gave me some Siak stuff to meditate on. In other words, the plans, the deeds and the actions. Remember I referred, I had mentioned this before when I, he gave me specific instructions to do what? to learn from them in terms of the techniques that they use to calm the mind, but to not acquire their doctrines. Remember that? I've shared with you numerous examples of how that all played. Another great example is related to my marriage. When I wanted to improve my marriage and to always keep it on a 10 if possible, well, God revealed to me the works that I needed to do through giving me strategies, in other words, plans, details, concerning action steps that I needed to do. And a lot of that just simply had to do with me changing how I think and how I treat my wife and understanding the truth be told, that the greatest counselor or therapist or marriage enhancer that you will ever find is God. You know, so you see that when you hear the voice of God concerning especially important things pertaining to your life, like for example, life purposes. This, what I'm doing right now, is one of the primary life purposes for my life. Now, there's works that God has given me, and this is one of them, by the way, in terms of how do I do it? Well, he gives me plans, right? He gives me strategies, and he gives me specific things, details as to what I have to do, what I have to research, what I have to present on these slides in order to manifest this out of my life. 
And this can apply to anything that you do, any area of your life. This also happened to me with my finances. When God was teaching me how to better manage my finances, he told me to stop giving my money away the way that I was doing it, but to only hear and learn from him as to how to do my finances. And, you know, the result has been I'm financially independent. I don't owe no debt. This home that you know I'm in is, is bought 100%. I don't have a mortgage, you know, none of that, you know, and I'm blessed. I'm retired. I was able to retire at the age of 56. And, and I'm not trying to brag about my current situation, but the point that I'm trying to bring across to you in this is that that area of my life, had I not learned from God concerning how to better manage my finances and how to better do uh, with, with the resources, you know, how to better steward the resources you give me, I never would have been in the position that I'm in. And so again, this always happens. When you are in these conversational experience with God, you'll see that the central theme of the conversation will be works. In other words, things that he wants you to do that is based off of specific action steps. This is what it means to walk in the spirit again. And ultimately, when you experience this, this is you experiencing God's faith through his suggested works so that you can now walk in the spirit for every aspect of your life. Remember what faith is. Faith is described in the scriptures primarily in five different ways. And you can find those ways. I, th I think I have those in the mystery of prayer revealed. And if not, it's in the mystery of the kingdom of God revealed. Where in the appendix, I give you the five uh, expressions of faith that the Bible teaches about. But the most important and the one that we eventually want to experience in our life is faith that comes from God. In other words, Romans chapter 10, verse 17, faith comes by what? By hearing, and the hearing does what? By the word. Here goes that rhema again, by the word of God. You cannot experience God's faith by hearing someone else teach you. This verse in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, is specifically referring to belief systems that God wants to transfer from his mind into your mind, within your mind, that will always be coupled with instructions as how to fulfill them so that you can authentically walk in the spirit for every area of your life. So to summarize this episode, I wanted to simply give you some more knowledge concerning the learning aspect of what happens when you begin to have conversations with God, which is what we're going to jump into in module three. That's the ultimate goal of you experiencing God as an educator. You eventually want to experience him through conversations, not just in your, in your, converse, in your moments or in your experience of meditation, but throughout your day. What you discover is once you teach and, you, you, and train your mind how to meditate in order to discern and learn from God, you know what I'm saying, in the beginning of your day, what you'll eventually discover is that your mind is now taught and primed to have conversations with God throughout your day. Truth be told, that's what it means to have this praying without ceasing experience that we'll talk more about in a future episode. So I hope that this revelation or these revelations of knowledge that I gave you concerning your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven, give us this day our daily bread, that this 
portion of what Jesus taught and what I share with you concerning this, that it elevates your consciousness concerning what he taught, and then hopefully it w- you can use it as experiential knowledge in order to experience the mind of God within your mind as a teaching spirit every day. So to summarize this lesson, I simply wanted to give you more knowledge concerning this whole bread thing and what does it mean? Remember, morning by morning, Jesus experienced bread, his daily bread, right? And when did he consume that diet of of, a spiritual life or spiritual instruction? In the morning. This is why I highly encourage you not just to take time in your morning to learn how to hear the voice of God, but more importantly, once you've learned, begin your day by getting this daily bread experience so God can teach you and reveal to you not just what He wants you to work on throughout that day, but also gives you the instructions as to how to apply or how to flesh that experience out of your life. Now concerning some other resource suggestions that I want to share with you so that you can enhance this experience, I want you to always remember that the name of this course is called Teach the Teacher. Learn from others, but only allow one, which is you, to teach you. So in other words, use the knowledge that I'm sharing with you to teach yourself how to go within your mind in order to experience God as a teaching spirit. Or if you find another resource that is better or that is different and that is more applicable to how you learn, by all means, make sure that you jump on that track of learning. But truth be told, remember, you are going to be your greatest human form of teacher. And the reason why I say that is because when you teach your mind to experience the mind of God within it, you become the greatest human form of teacher that you will ever experience. So in order to maximize this experience, remember, continue to make any necessary adjustments to your space, your room, your closet, wherever you're learning how to do this, and be as consistent as possible. Remember, use the breath of the sayings or any other technique or tool that I have mentioned before or other ones that you discover in order to teach your mind how to experience this. And then use your newfound understanding and application of the written word, in other words, the scriptural content that I've been sharing with you or the others share with you to teach you how to experience the spoken word within you. Now concerning other resources that I have already created to give you a more well-rounded understanding of this whole experience, I'm gonna suggest some videos here. Number one, I have a video called Bible Words and Processes to Experience God as a Teaching Spirit Within Your Mind Through Meditation. I have another video on my YouTube channel called How I Meditate. Then I have another video called The Deeper Meaning of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. It doesn't say study the Bible. It clearly says study yourself. Most people use that verse to say studying the scriptures. And no, when you understand what that verse is truly teaching again, remember it says to study yourself, to see if you are, if your mind is in an approved state of being so that truth can be rightly dispersed or divided to you. So make sure you check out that video because again, you're going to see a different perspective concerning this verse compared to what traditional religion teaches. And then there's a fourth video called How to Discern the Voice or the thoughts of God through studying your thoughts. And then I have another, I think it's a two video series uh, called Nine Points Concerning Meditation. And in terms of book knowledge that I've created, 
I'm going to, uh, the sixth resource I want to recommend to you is found in the mystery of prayer revealed in my second book in my three book series and specifically in chapter 11. That chapter is called kingdom meditation. And then in my book, my third book, the mystery of the kingdom of God, chapter six, which is titled original biblical meditation. And within these resources where you'll find more knowledge concerning the whole meditation piece and teaching and training your mind how to experience the mind of God as a revealing and teaching spirit for every area of your life. Now to end this episode, I want to extend an invitation again. I get many uh, requests to teach this in environments and a lot of times um, I'm not the right fit because of what I share and how I share it. Uh, so that's why it's important that uh, whenever I get contacted uh, concerning, you know, uh, me possibly coming into your environment either online or in person to do this, it's important that we have a heart to heart. Um, and that's why, you know, I, I never want to come into an environment and try to deceive or, or, you know, try to, which actually, truth be told, I've had people encourage me to do that. Well, you don't give them all your knowledge right, you know, right away. Just get in there. And then once you give them, you get in there, boom, you know, give them what you got. And, you know, and, and I don't, that's not my mind at all. And that's definitely not my heart. I prefer to be up front with you and teach you what I know so that you can decide whether or not that's something that you want to be taught to experience and whether or not you want to teach others to experience. So with that being said, if you are a church leader or if you have a Bible study or a home group and you're interested in discussing the possibility of my sharing or teaching this knowledge with your group, either online or in person, you can contact me at julio at julioalvaradojr.com. If you go to my website, you just see the contact information, hit there, and it'll directly connect you to my email. And if you're interested in creating a prayer or a meditation seminar that focuses on teaching prayer as an educational event with God, trust me, contact me to see if we can put something like that together. You know, nowadays we have conferences and seminars on all kinds of religious stuff. But have you noticed that there is hardly any at all that teach and train how to hear the voice of God? Well, this is what a seminar or a conference like this would offer if I'm involved in it. So if you are interested in putting something like that together, again, contact me at my email address, which is julio at julioalvaradojr.com. And once we have that contact, we can either by phone or through video chat, I'll share with you my vision, my mission, and the proposals that I'm proposing, depending on the learning environment and the logistics of your environment to see if I'm a good fit and to see if we can make it all work. Now concerning Julio, I want you to always be mindful that my mission is quite simple. And my mission is simply to teach people how to experience the original purpose that God created the human mind, which is again, to experience his mind within it as a teaching spirit. And then I have this other level of passion and a desire that I have. You know, I have this statement that I coined that says this, those that teach about God should first be taught by God. And, you know, in my journey of learning how to do this kind of, uh, which kind of began for me in the early stages of 2009, so we're looking at roughly 13 years plus, one of the things that I quickly realized is that most preachers and teachers that I was accustomed to, uh, you know, learning and from weren't really hearing the voice of God for their lives. Well, they were hearing the voice of 
other people, seminars and Bible colleges and other ministries or denomination, and that's what they were teaching. They were teaching what Paul referred to as the traditions of men based off of their theology. But truth be told, I want you to think about this. If that minister has truly been taught by God, doesn't it make sense that God would encourage and instruct him to teach the people that they have influence over, to teach them how to experience him just like they're experiencing him as a teaching spirit for every area of their life. So that's another burden that I have is to teach those that are spiritual influencers how to hear the voice of God for their own life so that they can teach others to experience the same. So again, if that's you and if you want to have a heart-to-heart -heart discussion concerning this, by all means, please contact me at my contact information. So in the next episode, which will begin module three, I'm going to share some knowledge with you concerning your four inherent voices, or in other words, thought processes, which are God's voice or thought process, your voice or thought process, the voice or the thought process of reasoning, and the voice or the thought process of evil, and how these must be understood and will eventually be experienced when you're having these conversations with God. And then I'm going to share some brief knowledge with you concerning the five types of consciousness that they have the potential to produce. And then I'm also going to be sharing with you in that episode the branches of knowledge that are experienced through the Our Father prayer lesson that Jesus taught. And then lastly, I was hoping to include this in this episode, but it fits better in the next episode. I'm going to be sharing with you knowledge concerning experiencing the Word of God, in other words, the Logos of God, that is not the Bible, which is the book that God has authored for your life that becomes the oracle, curriculum, and discerner, or in other words, the inner critic of the thoughts and intents of your heart, according to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. So then this next episode is going to be thick with knowledge. And again, all of this is just simply sharing knowledge with you concerning how just not how to discern the voice of God, but what you, ex you can expect to learn from Him once you've taught and you've trained your mind to experience the same thing that Jesus himself was experiencing. And that was the kingdom of God within his mind as the greatest learning environment that included the greatest spiritual teacher that he could ever experience on the earth when he was on this earth, which is the same experience, same inherent process that we have. So with that being said, remember, the greatest learning environment that you and I could ever experience is already inherently present within our minds. Jesus referred to it as the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And with that environment comes the greatest spiritual teacher that you will ever experience. And that's the spirit of God himself, the one that provides that breath of life and that daily bread educational experience. And lastly, concerning this that I'm sharing with you in this series or anything that I create, whether it's my books or any other videos or podcasts or anything that I create, that you have any uh, further questions or comments that you need some more explanation about or anything, always feel free to reach out to me. And I'll do my best not just to reach back to you, but to answer 
your comments or your questions in the best way that I can possibly can so that you can experience greater understanding and revelation of what I'm sharing so that you can apply it to your life. So as always, until the next episode, stay encouraged, stay blessed, and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you.